Welcome back to another episode of Sundays with Jeff Miller. And do not forget that as your fantasy season approaches, you can email me some questions at sundayswithjeffmiller at gmail.com. If you have anything you'd like to ask, I am starting to receive a few in and people are starting to think about football. I got one message this week where somebody wanted to know uh, my opinion of Justin Fields' performance in preseason. And I will say it's preseason, but I'm very excited. I thought he did exactly what he does or did in college, and that is he's constantly looking to throw down the field deep, and he can take off and run as evidenced by his rushing touchdown. That's what he brings to the game. How about Major League Baseball? Really quick, I have to touch on this. Tyler Gilbert tosses a no-hitter for the Arizona Diamondbacks versus the San Diego Padres on Saturday. He's 27 years old, but he's only the fourth pitcher ever to toss a no-hitter in his first start, start number one. And the last player was Bob Holloman in 1953. It was the eighth no-hitter of the 2021 Major League Baseball season, and it broke the old record of seven no-hitters that was set in the 2015 season. All right, so how about we take a look at the top five and bottom five. I had a chance to look at this, and I had to bring it up. I thought I was looking at a map that was color-coded, based on COVID-19, but it turns out I wasn't. I was actually looking at a map that ranks the top five and bottom five states and who drinks the most American whiskey. But before I tell you the top five, I'm going to start with the bottom five. In the bottom five, Idaho is dead last at 4%, New Jersey at 13.2%, New York at 13.6%, Minnesota 14.2 and Oregon at 14.5%. Those are the bottom five. And then the top five is Kentucky at 45.9%. Then Indiana. What a shocker. I was shocked. Indiana, number two at 26.7. West Virginia at 26.5. Then North Carolina at 25.7%. Missouri at 25.2 so there you go Alex uh, you're in a, in a good state for bourbon drinkers and then I had to get around and look at my own state Michigan at 22 percent but not to be not to be any better at whiskey drinking than they are football Michigan falls to Ohio the state of Ohio comes in at 25 percent there you go just trying to fire up Stoke the engine a little bit. Get the college football season off on the right foot. Ohio State, 25%. Michigan, 22%. How about the top 10 NFL most valuable franchises? Coming in at number 10, Denver, worth $3.75 billion. That's a nice number, right? Philadelphia, 3.8. New York Jets, 4.05. The Chicago Bears, 4.07. I'm talking billions. San Francisco, 4.175. The Washington football team, 
at 4.2, the LA Rams at 4.8, New York Giants 4.85, the New England Patriots 5, and number one, Dallas Cowboys 6.5 billion dollars. There you go. Michael Thomas is in the news again. Surprise, there's rumors. There's rumors out there that Michael Thomas is going to not be a New Orleans Saint for much longer. So they came out with a list. I don't know, there were six or seven teams, but I just wrote down three of them because I think it's probably pretty evident that Jacksonville Jaguars would be on that list, correct? Because, I mean, they have $30 million to spend and... Urban Meyer, coach at Ohio State, right? Coach two, Michael Thomas. The other two, they say, is the uh, L.A. Chargers and then the Ravens. So we'll see what happens there. But, you know, Jacksonville is a possibility. That's what they're telling us. Early mock drafts. Taking a look at some of the early mock drafts, and they are starting to show that people are drafting multiple early running backs. Now, today... In episode 31 of season two, we're going to cover the It Factor part four, which is our ranking of running backs in the number 11 through 25 position. We're going to cover that today. But early mock drafts showing that people are going after running backs early and often. And that wide receivers and tight ends are falling in the drafts. Now, what this may mean for you WR1 and tight end one. I'm going to take a really quick look at this. WR1 scored 65 more points than the RB5 last year in half PPR leagues. And then tight end one scored 25 more points than RB5 in half PPR leagues. So positionally, WR1 scored 70 more points than the WR5, and the tight end one had 810 more points than the tight end three. So this can give you an elite positional advantage if you use it to your advantage. RB8 was plus 30 points more than RB12. So what, what are we talking there? Well, kind of trying to show you that you know, you might be better off taking a wide receiver one, tight end one, before you consider taking a running back that's ranked 7th or 8th or ninth or 10th in your draft. Something to consider. And then if you look at RB5, RB10, and RB15 for last year, I was looking at some of the numbers. And over the last few years, RB5 has come in at 259 points. RB10 at 219 points, which is a 15% decrease. And then RB15, 193, which is 11% drop. So then I went and actually pulled the numbers on a full PPR league that I'm in and took a look at it. RB5 was Aaron Jones last year at 257. This, this report showed 259. RB10, Kareem Hunt, was at 216 points per game they come up with 219 as a number and then rb15 which i was surprised neam hines exactly 193 which matches the ranking from the previous year rb15 um at 193 which is 
you know, 11% less than the RB10. So interesting, interesting, interesting. I think it's something that you need to keep in the back of your mind. Taking a same look at the WR5 position last year, wide receiver number five, um, according to this report, comes in with a 282-point average over the last 10 years. Calvin Ridley, WR5 last year at 280. Uh, wide receiver 10 average, 254, which is 10% less. Adam Thielen was number 10 last year at 254. And then WR15 comes in at 237. Last year's number 15 ranked wide receiver was Amari Cooper at 237. I find numbers to be fascinating. I thought that was really cool to look at that and possibly, you know, try to come up with that it factor that you're trying to develop. So once again, I'm going to urge you, if you're in the bottom half of your draft, you might want to take a look at wide receiver one, two, three, tight end one, two, three, um, before you actually consider uh, your running back position. Another thing that I got to see that I thought was really interesting is I've had a few people that I've talked to and they talk about the number one pick in the draft. You know, I've got the number one pick. What do I do? Well, everybody's, you know, Christian McCaffrey. Christian McCaffrey. Well, I pulled some numbers, and I noticed uh, in the last, from 2020 to 2012, this report came out using PPR scoring. The finishes for each player taken first overall in fantasy football since 2012. So Arian Foster ended up RB4 and 15th overall. In 2013, Adrian Peterson was RB7 and ended up 39th overall. In 2014, LaShawn McCoy was RB12 and he ended up 61st overall. In 2015, it was Adrian Peterson. He was RB2, but he ended up 29th overall. In 2016, Antonio Brown was WR1, and he ended up 7th overall. In 2017, David Johnson, RB111, and 461st overall, and he only played in one game. In 2018, Todd Gurley, RB2, 3rd overall, which was actually the best of all of them. 2019, Saquon Barkley, RB12, ended up 46. And then 2020, Christian McCaffrey, RB51, 222nd overall, and only appeared in three games. So, is it worth your while to consider trading away that first pick? And I'm going to say, based on numbers, there is a possibility that you should actually look at that and consider it, unless you're totally sold on drafting a certain player uh, with that particular pick. So we're going to pause there for a second. I'm going to come back. We're going to start at number 11. Who is RB number 11? I'll be back in just a second. All right, let's get back to the moment you're all waiting for here on Sundays with Jeff Miller. Uh, that is the It Factor, part four Ranking running backs number 11 through number 25. Coming in at number 11, Austin Eckler. And 
some of the things they come up with for him is upside is probably number one because once you get to this level, there's no guarantee. There's no guarantee at the top of the order, but when you get here, this is what you're looking for. Eckler has huge upside. Uh, Joe Lombardi's system, uh, Kamara finished the 2020 season with the second most out, uh, points um, outside of wide receiver, receivers um, with snaps. And fourth most, he ended up uh, playing wide receiver. I'm sorry, I'm getting confused here again. Joe Lombardi's system, let's look at Kamara. Kamara finished the 2020 season with the second most outside wide receiver snaps of any running back, fourth most slot snaps. There, I got it out right there for you. So that's something to consider. And Austin Eckler is definitely a receiving type of running back. Downside is health. He's missed six games in 2020, but he only missed two games outside of that in the four previous years, so I'm not going to hold that too much against him. 16.5 fantasy points per game, snap percentage of 54. We'd like to see that get up in the 60 to 65 range, which I think it will this year as long as he stays healthy. Um, his WR1 ranking was uh, or better was 40%. His number two and three at 70 and 90. So I think that makes him a really huge upside at number 11. At number 12, I'm probably going to shock a few people. I actually think I shocked myself with this one. Josh Jacobs. He had 12 TDs and he was ranked number three overall last year. He had 15.6 fantasy points per game. 1,313 total yards. His snap percentage was 62. You know I like that. Um, his offense rank was number eight. The team he played for, Los, uh, Las Vegas Raiders, their offense ranked number eight. Um, and he averaged 20.4 touches per game. So let's talk about a few of those things. 12 TDs, 20.4 touches, and an offense that ranks eight, 62% snap rate. Um, I just think that's that shows opportunity, and opportunity gives you an opportunity, right, to have the it factor. And I think Josh Jacobs falls into that category this year. He's um, RB8 in 2020. He led the NFLs in carries inside the 20-yard line last year with 64, and he led. Uh, he was tied for the lead inside the 10-yard line with 35 carries. And he also caught 33 passes. So that's why I ranked him at number 12. I think you could do a lot worse. I know there were some inconsistencies. But if you're the guy going with, say, you know, the zero running back philosophy, which you have to have one, maybe this is a guy you could consider because he's going to play, he's going to get carries, and he's a part of that offense. Number 13, Joe Mixon. And pretty much... His 18 and 19 stats are what I'm going to use because 2020 was horrific for him. 16.8 fantasy points per game. His snap percent in 18 and 19 was 64%. He averaged eight TDs. He is a true number one, and this is the one thing I like about Joe Mixon, and I think it will still hold too true. 23.3 touches per game. That's hard to come by at the running back position, and that's why I ranked him at number 13. My next guy is kind of a, he's going to have to stay healthy and he's going to have to be on the field. But if he does, I think his offense is going to be vastly improved. 
His average draft position currently has been 21, so you can get him at a cheaper rate, but I think he's going to fall into that number 14 area. Uh, Miles Gaskin with the Miami Dolphins. He averaged 16.6 fantasy points per game last year. When he was on the field, his snap percentage, 69%. And to be honest, Miami really didn't do anything to add to that depth and in the backfield. So 69% of the snaps. 18.3 touches per game, another nice number. Um, he was an RB1 only 30% of the time, but these next two numbers I like. He was an RB2 or better 80% of the time, and an RB3 or better 100% of the time. That's why I put him at number 14. And you're probably starting to wonder, because I know there's some other names out there you're looking for, but Miles Gaskin might be a really sneaky pickup for you for your fantasy football team this year. Next, I have Clyde Edwards-Hilaire uh, coming in at number 15. And number one is the offense in Kansas City. He did average 16.7 touches per game. His snap rate was 55%. That was down a little bit. He, I think he needs to be a little more durable and get that up in the 60 to 65 range. But if he does add 5% to 10% more snaps, could be a very valuable running back. He had 1,100 total yards as a rookie. His low TD output last year of five was not good. That needs to jump up into the 8 to 10 range to make him fit into this number 15 pick. His RB number was only 30.8%, but his RB2 and RB3, not bad, 69.2 and 85%. So there you go, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire at number 15. And then the next three guys I'm kind of putting all in one group. It's going to go really quick for you here. Chris Carson, Antonio Gibson, and Najee Harris in no particular order. 16, 17, and 18. It's kind of a crapshoot. And I originally had Chris Carson there, but now I'm kind of thinking more along the line of flopping him with Najee Harris. And he had um, 18 carries last year inside the 20-yard line, which was less than Devin Singletary, Wayne Gallman, Madison, and Josh Kelly. So those guys are all like down the I mean, Devin really wasn't even a number one running back for most of the year. Wayne Gallman got some in there. So that's why he's falling down the list a little bit. His snap percentage was only 50%, but he did have 15.7 points per game. His touchdown total of nine is a nice number, 986 yards. His percentage at RB1 was 50 at number two, 58, but number three or better, 92. So I guess if you're going to carry him and, and you can use him as an RB3, might be worth your while, but that's what you would be looking at. Uh, number 17, Antonio Gibson. Again, this is not a number I like. There are other guys who are going to have probably more opportunity. This number is going to have to climb significantly for me. 43% snap rate, 14.6 points per game last year. He did have 11 touchdowns and 1,042 yards, uh, but his his RB3 number was 86%. His RB2 was only 57, and I'm not even going to talk about RB1 because it was, it was below 30%, which is not good. So Antonio Gibson's getting a lot of hype, but I'm not buying into it yet. I'm really not. Not on my top of my list in radar because I'm I'm going to look at the numbers and the numbers tell me that 
this next guy might even be a little better play. Najee Harris, his offense only ranked 25th last year, um, Pittsburgh, and their rushing yards were 32nd. The rushing attempts was 28, and their rushing TDs is 27th. His average draft position, though, is number 12. I'm probably more likely to let him go to somebody else. I know there's a lot of opportunity there, and that's exactly what he's going to need to get that offense over the hump. It was a horrible running football team this year, last year. Let's see if they do a little better, but he does have the RB1 status, and he could touch the ball 20, 25 times a game. I mean, and that would be the upside for him. He plays with a really good defense, which is going to give him some opportunities on some short fields, and that's another reason that I do like Najee Harris. At number 19, Mike Davis. He moves from Carolina to Atlanta. Um, that's why he's coming in here at number 19. He's got a new team in Atlanta, new coach, Arthur Smith. You have to think about the Tennessee Titans. Um, Arthur Smith improved the quarterback play for Ryan Tannehill, and their offense was ranked second. Henry was uh, second in rushing yards, second in TDs, and second in attempts. Opportunity in the red zone, they were at 3% for Tennessee. If Arthur Smith can just increase those areas, which I think he will, there's a good possibility that Mike Davis could move up and actually be a worthwhile pick for you. Um, but that that is going to play out as the season goes. Average draft position is currently 25. He had 1,015 total yards. He averaged 13.8 fantasy points per game last year. His snap percentage last year was 60%, so he can handle the load. And another thing I like about Mike Davis is different than Henry, he can actually catch the ball. He had 70 targets last year, and he caught 79 passes. And if Arthur Smith can utilize that in that offense, which I think he's going to have to do with Julio Jones being gone, Mike Davis could become a valuable asset for somebody uh, and their it factor on their fantasy football team. Melvin Gordon, I have him currently at number 20, 62% snap rate. His fantasy points per game were only 13. TDs, though, he had 10, 1,144 yards, 16.5 um, touches per game, which is a good number. And I think he'll start out as the starter there. He could be a good play for you for a little while. And then once Javante Williams gets up to speed, that may change. But he did have pretty nice RB3 numbers of 80% or better. And if that's what you're going to use him as, he would be a good consideration for that. Next up, Miles Sanders. Again, 72% uh, snap rate. That surprised me tremendously last year. Now, they're saying this year, who knows. But if he can get a 72% snap rate in that offense, he might be worthwhile. He averaged 14.4 fantasy points per game, 16 touches. He had 1,064 yards, 6 TDs. He needs to stay healthy, but his RB3 number was 83% or better. So that's that's a nice number in that RB3 area if that's what you're using him for. And then la next we have DeAndre Swift. His snap percentage was 47%, 14.8 fantasy points per game, 10 TDs, 878 yards, 
12 touches per game, which I think is low, along with the snap percentage. So obviously those numbers need to come up in Detroit. And we're being told that that will happen. We'll have to wait and see. If he gets the touches, he could be a really good play for you. Could possibly go up into the RB2 area. Don't see him as an RB1, but 85% of the time last year he was an RB3 or better. So he's a good risk factor, and he could give you those elite numbers from time to time, depending on matchups. My number 23 is Daryl Henderson. Yet has not yet proved that he can stay on the field, but he will have to this year. Um, his yards per carry was nice last year at 4.52. He had 138 carries, 624 yards, 5 TDs. So that's that's good. He had 16 catches with 24 targets. So he can you know catch balls out of the backfield, 159 yards. He had a TD there. And then he had 9.94 yards per catch. So for me, if they can work Daryl Henderson into this offense for the Rams and actually increase some of those targets for him and he could stay healthy, Daryl Henderson might be a nice pickup for your fantasy football team. Number 24, Ronald Jones. Playing for Tampa Bay with a 49% snap rate, uh, 13.5 fantasy points per game, 8 TDs, 1,143 yards. He had 16 touches. It'll be interesting to see how that competition unfolds, but I think with Ronald Jones, you're going to get exactly what you got last year out of him. He's going to have some good games. He's going to have some not-so-good games. He's probably not a guy you want to play every week, but if the matchups are right, he could be a really good play. And then, of course, if the number two goes down there, that would help him uh, tremendously. So that Ronald Jones has some possibility there. Kareem Hunt, number 25, 51% snaps, 13.7 points a game, 11 TDs last year, which is a really nice number, 1,145 yards on 15 average touches. Kareem Hunt is definitely a really nice handcuff for Nick Chubb and you know, again, another guy you can put in as a flex player that you might want to take a look at. Uh, number 26, J.K. Dobbins. He had touched the ball 47% of the time. The number that he really needs to work on for me is that 10 touches. They need to get the ball in his hand more than 10 times per game. But he did have nine touchdowns. He's good around the end zone, but only 11.1 fantasy points per game and 925 yards. J.K. has a lot of potential, but he has got to be given the opportunities, and he's being drafted kind of high, in my opinion, for that type of production. Um, The next four guys I'm going to give you are rookies. Michael Carter, uh, who is going to be number one from the beginning for the New York Jets, so it seems. Number 28, Javante Williams. Uh, I think he could have a similar season to Taylor last year. I think he starts out as a running back too, possibly ends up as the lead back in Denver. They're a young team, and I think they're going to continue to push that way. So he could be a good good player for you as they head down the playoffs. Team schedule works a little bit in his favor. Number 29, Travis Etienne for the Jaguars. They say he's going to be you know a third down back. Not really sure how that's going to play out with Robinson, but that could be a really good one-two punch. Um, Although they didn't really look that good in their first preseason outing together, and he didn't really look that good at all. Um, And then number 30, Trey Sermon. And, you know, if 
he's just an injury away from being an RB1, in my opinion. I think he could even be one of the real sneaky pickups for you. If Mostert gets hurt and does not stay healthy, Trey Sermon is somebody to definitely consider at the number 30. And then my number 31, I'm just going to throw this in there. I know I didn't tell you I was going to just do 11 through 25, but hey, I'm going to get all the way to number 31 because I wrote it down, and it's Barkley. And I know there's a lot of you that are going, are you nuts? Yep, I am. He's got to prove he can stay healthy. He hasn't been able to. Um, he had an awful year last year. Go grab him as you're in the first five or ten picks. And I wish you all the luck in the world. Did not work out for me last year, and I got burned. So in my rankings, I'm going to take a risk on some of these other guys before I'm going to take a risk on Barkley. So there you have it. The It Factor Part 4. The next episode, I'm going to dive into uh, the top five quarterbacks and the top five tight ends. And I'm going to mix them, and then I'll probably go on after that and do 6 through 10, maybe 6 through 15 quarterbacks, 6 through 15 tight end on the next episode. But we're going to, we're going to touch on the top five quarterbacks, top five tight ends. There's a reason for that. We're trying to come up with a drafting strategy to help each and every one of you win your fantasy football championship. That's it for today's podcast. Remember to play nice, love your neighbor, and most of all, have fun. Bye.